You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You can call me Bruce. Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. I hope you're hyped. I hope you're happy. I hope you're pumped. If not, this might not be the show for you. Because what I have been noticing on social media and through the numbers that traffic buffalorumblings.com and the podcast network and the YouTube network and all the stuff we've got going on at Buffalo Rumblings is that Bill's Mafia is hyped. Football is back. Real football is back. At the time that you are listening to this, if you're listening to it day one, because of course you are, because you're a Bruce exclusive fan, that's Bruceite exclusive is, I don't know, whatever, the, whatever we call the fans of the Bruce exclusive, those people are listening to it on Thursday, the 5th of August and real football, albeit a shallow shadow of real football happens tonight, the hall of fame game, but the bills fans are starting to get a little hyped. And I had a thought that just sort of crept up in my head. And as I started mulling this around, I said, I want to talk about fandom. I want to talk about hype. I want to talk about the ups and downs and the roller coaster and the stuff that I'm not necessarily good at, but I am aware of. And I thought, who better to talk to about this particular phenomenon than the host of the Overreaction Pod, the co-host of the Hump Day Hotline on the Buffalo Rumblings streaming video network. In addition, the co-host of Off Tackle with John Fina and the host of The Time to Shine. That's right, four shows that you've heard. Mr. Joe Miller. You can find him on Twitter, at Joe Miller Wired. Joe, how you doing, dude? I'm doing great. It is awesome to be a part of this, and it's an honor. And as I don't want to steal your tagline, but it's just a party. It's great. Like, now is the time to have parties. It's Bill's Mafia parties all the time right now. I'm not entirely sure how I came up with that. I think it was a coping mechanism at some point earlier in my life when it was definitively not a party. It's but it was... Party all the time, disco balls, dancers, the whole thing. The problem is, the issue that I have is that if I'm going to get recognized at some point out in the real world, it will be because I accidentally let that line slip <laughs> in my real side of my life, in the actual name redacted side of my life. And so, wait a second, what did you say? 
Right. Wait, did you, did you just say party all the time, disco balls and dancers? And I'm like, oh, crap. Here we are. Yeah. So yeah. I actually, I don't know if I told you this. I actually ran into somebody not too long ago who was a listener to the show and had no idea that they were talking to the host of the show. How that did was, you know? How did you know? Did they, did they say, are you a Bills well, they, fan? They, they, Bills they fan? said, you're a Bills fan. I said, I'm a Bills fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we started talking. And it was like, yeah, I was listening to the Bruce exclusive the other day. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! I had no idea. Just absolutely no idea. It was great. It was. It was. was, It'll probably never happen again. It was a cool moment. But you know, it was. It was fun. Were you donning Bill's attire? No, no. We were talking about. I was talking about his Bill's attire. Why would you ever admit that you're a Bills fan? That that like is faux pot, Mister. Like that's faux pot number one. Like why would you say? Well, I do happen to be a Bills fan. Well, you said. He said, go Bills. I mean, oh, I said, go Bills to him. And he said, go Bills back. Isn't that like the way it works? Isn't it like it Shalom? You it say is. Shalom to say hello and Shalom to say goodbye, right? That's exactly right. Okay. Gotcha. So you yeah, gotcha. <laughs> this guy's hyped. We're all hyped. And I want to talk to the guy who gets a chance to kind of reel in the hype. So for those of people who do not know, Joe, as the host of the Overreaction Podcast, gets an opportunity to experience very real fan emotion live right after the game. So We have jokingly referred to my podcast that drops on Thursday as the underreaction podcast. This would be the yin to Joe's yang. And so the thing that I really wanted to talk about was someone who has to absorb the brunt of the disappointment or quell, calm, or steer otherwise the overwhelming flood of positive emotions that come after a win. So I wanted to kind of chat with Joe a little bit about this. And I wanted to start off with the emotional difference because Joe's been around for a bunch of seasons. He knows what a season with low expectations looks like versus a season with high expectations. And we just want to talk a little bit about fandom because I want to try and wrap my head around a couple things from somebody who's a little bit more in touch with it than I am. So before we get started, quick plug, completely shameless. I have zero shame. Buffalo Rumblings. YouTube channel is doing some crazy good things, guys. They're doing some awesome things. And I am thrilled to be a very, very, very small part of that. I have one show. As previously mentioned, Joe has four, right? Spence has a bunch. We got some great stuff going on. Obviously, I've talked to you guys already that Nate Geary is going to be joining me for a show on Friday evenings. That's wonderful. If you have not done so already, make sure you subscribe and turn on the notifications and make sure you hop in when you want to. But otherwise, all that stuff will be available on demand. Okay, so... Now that housekeeping is done and we've told stories that probably were not necessary to be told, we can get started with the difference between a season with low expectations and a season with high expectations. You are going into it right now. You are experiencing the hype. This season, there is high expectations. I've heard the phrase Super Bowl or bust thrown around. I have done a podcast specifically around the concept of Super Bowl or bust. Does this feel different to you this year? Yes, it's very strange. And I I mean, being 48 years old and being, you know, the bills were great in my, you know, late teens and early twenties. It's, you know, there was, I don't remember that. There was just an expectation. The bills are good. They're always going to be good. And that's just kind of how it felt. And then to your point about the first part, like, is it, is it, is it different between a down year and an up year or low expectations versus high expectations? And the reality is, is absolutely yes. And when it's, when the expectations are low and Spence and I have talked about this, there's a lot of, well, the offense is good. If the defense can just be 
top 10, like maybe we can make the playoffs or when Tyrod was here and the, and the offense was okay with shady and, and Charles clay and the guys that the cast of characters, Robert Woods and the, the cast of characters that he had, or when Fitzy was here and it was like, man, if the defense could just be good or when the defense was great, when Mario Williams was here, man, if that offense, if, if, if Tyrod or whoever the quarterback is, can just be a top 15 top, t- I don't need him to be top five quarterback, just top something. And the Bills always do something. They always seem to reel you in, like on a on a on a low expectation year. And all Bills Mafia knows this. There's a great deal of like the the say the season ends, and as you're going through the stuff, the draft happens, and then like the hype train begins to build. And I don't know that it's a hype train that they necessarily do, but there's there's a great amount of just it just begins to build and you begin to make yourself believe it right and that's what we do in buffalo we believe b-i-l-l eve believe and then as it continues and it just carries on into the season and then once the season starts then all the expectations were completely like the balloon pop bang over this year is awkward and i know you feel it as much as you i know as much as you the way you say it is you have a rooting interest in the bills and as much as you say you're not as emotionally connected to those fan emotions you absolutely feel it this offseason has been strange has it not been strange it's different for me. Right. I, 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 it's different for me because I think the ceiling is different. The thing that's interesting, I think what I'm trying to, I try to create formulas in my head that will help me account for emotions. And because it helps me understand things. You've heard me in the past. You've heard me say expectations minus reality equals disappointment, right? Yep, yep, yep. It's a way for me to process how I'm feeling and the different variables that go into it. So for this one, it almost feels like the ceiling of the team is directly correlative to the expectations. For a long time, it was, let's just make the playoffs. Let's just get out of the slump. Yeah, but right? wasn't, that just, wasn't that just out of frustration from not having made the playoffs? It was like, let's not put this huge expectation of being great. Let's just sneak in. I mean, it's the whole conversation or the comment that even bad franchises make enough mistakes to make the playoffs once in a while does that phrase make sense like even a bad franchise like finds its way into the playoffs accidentally where like they're bad bad yeah. bad 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 one good year bad 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 the bills didn't have that i mean isn't that what the, isn't it more about like more out of frustration let's just come on already let's just make the freaking playoffs Don't it's hard to be that bad for that long it's right. difficult just from like you said the the law of Large numbers tells you at one point you're going to break through and have a fluky year. Everyone has a fluky year, but the Bills didn't have a fluky year. It looks like they had an opportunity to fluky year in 2004, 2014, Mm -hmm. and neither one of them happened to go the way that we wanted them to go. So for me, I almost feel like that's a huge relevant relief, but it changes the ceiling now. The ceiling for this team, I think if the Bills make it to the AFC championship game and lose... I think there will start to be a little murmurs. And I relate this to the Andy Reid Philadelphia Eagles years because my brother is an Eagles fan Mm -hmm. and he was present for the Donovan McNabb, Andy Reid Eagles years. And it was a, it was NFC championship game, NFC championship game, NFC championship game. They made it to the Super Bowl. They lost. And it was always just shy. And then eventually after 10 years of Andy Reid, it was like, okay, um, I, I think it's just time for a change. Yeah. Right. But that, I would argue that Andy Reid's time in Philadelphia was absolutely a success. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to feel that way when you're in the moment. So knowing that there's Super Bowl aspirations for this team, mm. a Super Bowl contender, we talked about Super Bowl contender on this podcast multiple times, where a Super Bowl contender is a team that if they win the Super Bowl, the narrative will not be, oh my gosh, how do they do it? 
No one thought they were going to. The Bills are a Super Bowl contender. If they won the Super Bowl this year, no one would bat an eye. No one would be like, oh my gosh, where did the Bills come from? Holy crap. They're like, no, they were in the AFC Championship game last year. They had an MVP caliber quarterback that, that, that this, this tracks. Yep. So we'd all be excited, but no one in the general uh, disinterested media would be shocked by that. No. There's a lot of people who are going to pick the Bills to make the Super Bowl and potentially win it this mm. year. So going into that, does that change the way fans are consuming this offseason? Does Absolutely. it change the way they're consuming the draft and free agency? Is it Absolutely. more stress? Is it less stress? Or is it just, does it start right now with the real football? Or has it kind of always been that way this offseason? No, it's been it's 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 been that way this offseason. And it started, it started at the draft. There was a great deal every year. You know how it goes, you're a draft nick. Every year we we go into the draft like we gotta have a linebacker or we gotta have a quarterback or we gotta have whatever it is, a wide receiver. This year it was very much like I don't know. I hope to take a good player because they're already good. I mean, we had there was a lot of us that were pining for a running back. We've had that conversation. You know, you don't take a running back in the first round, but there was a great deal of like, but it's a luxury pick, and we have that luxury right now to do it. So why not do it? Luckily, I will say, luckily at this point, hindsight being twenty twenty, none of the guys that, that we would have potentially wanted were there, and we took Greg Rousseau, and then obviously Boogie right behind him, and even that fell a little flat. It's like, why did we take? edge edge one two like how does that so there was a great deal of like even not understanding kind of what was going on and as it settled and it rested you know then the excitement begins to build then it's like oh like this is this is exactly that brandon bean is doing what brandon bean does and he's becoming here he's turning this team into what it needs to be and it all remains to be seen but i think that i think that 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 difference between low expectations high expectations literally began yes before the draft even started uh for us there's just a when you've got a team and when you've got it's it's the Buccaneers, when you return 21 of 22 players and the one player you, you didn't bring back, you actually brought in a better guy in Emmanuel Sanders. It's hard to be pining for free agents necessarily. It's hard to be pining for, you know, rookies or who that first round like splash player is going to be. It definitely to me feels very different. It's, it's very straight. It's exciting, but it, the off season, it kind of lacked a little bit like, our Super Bowl used to be the the draft and our and free agency period, and now our Super Bowl might actually be the Super Bowl, right? It feels to me almost like you can tell me if if I you agree with this or not. It almost feels like the excitement and the hype for a given off season event is indirectly correlative with the excitement about the actual team. The more excited you are about the actual team, the less excited you are about the draft. Because you're like, oh, okay, you know, it's a draft. Oh, it's, it's free agency. And if you're not excited about the team, if your team is bad, then you're like, I'm really excited about the draft. I'm really excited about free agency because I don't know if I'm going to have much to be excited about when yeah. the game when the games come actually on. Would you say that's probably fair? I, I think we all would as a fellow. And it's funny. It's funny because the, the teams are different. But as a fellow Buckeye State, uh, Buckeye State, uh, which we call a person that lived in the Buckeye State for a long time, you've got Browns fans and Bengal fans. Bengal fans are not Browns fans. Browns fans are very much like Bills fans. Bengal fans are kind of aloof and apathetic. Browns fans are just like us. Every draft was the Super Bowl. Every like every free agency, every free agency period was the Super Bowl for them when they were bad, just like us. I connected heavily and highly to former like all my Browns fans friends that were in in Columbus at the time because they were like us. We would have draft parties together. We'd have, we'd like get chat chat groups, text groups with like free agency, who's signing who, what's talking about what, blah 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 blah. So I think that's I think you've got two great sample sizes. You could probably talk to a Lions fan, right, and find out if they feel the same way too. And some other teams that are just always bad. I think that's absolutely cor uh, correlates to each other for sure. It's one to one, absolutely. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, you know, and we know this, any content creator will tell you this, that fans consume more content after a win than after a loss. So one of mm. my favorite retorts that you occasionally get on Super Bowl on, on uh, social media and things like that is, oh, well, you know, you know you're, you're not a real fan or whatever. No, 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 listen, listen, even if I wasn't a fan of the team, right? And I, I do have a rooting interest in the team. Even mm. if I wasn't a fan of the team, even media want the team to do well because more people consume the content when the team does well. More people read the articles, more people listen to the podcasts, more people watch the videos. It is in their best interest if the team does well. We know that they consume more content after a win than after a loss. Here's my question. Mm -hmm. What are the characteristics of the fans who consume regardless versus the fans who consume only after a win? Because you see both of them. When you get on that overreaction podcast after the game and it's a loss, you see the faces. It's a little bit like your church. You know who doesn't show up, <laughs> right. right? You go, oh, they, they didn't show up. Well, I know who shows up only for Easter. I know who shows up only for Christmas Eve service. Right? It's the same way with this. When you pull up that live stream and you see people who you know in there, you're like, well, they're going to show up regardless. Mm-hmm. And then you have other people who are like, well, they're only going to show up if you win. What's the difference between those two fans? It's a fair weather. It's a fair weather fan. I mean, there's a there's. I lived in a lot of different places. I lived in Florida. I've lived in Missouri. I've lived in Ohio. I've lived in New York. I lived in Georgia for a short time. I lived in North Carolina for a very short time. The only place that I can liken it back to, and I hate to do two Buckeye references in one segment, but the only place I can liken Buffalo to is literally Columbus. Columbus, Ohio is Scarlet and Gray, 24-7, 365, always. And, and that Michigan-OSU game is the Super Bowl. They don't care about anything else. However, that city flows, ebbs and flows with how that football team does. Buffalo is the same way. And there's not a lot of NFL cities like this. Tampa isn't like this. Like when I lived in Tampa, uh, the different places that I've lived, uh, when I lived in Kansas City, Kansas City was similar, but not quite as much. When Buffalo, when the Bills win, Monday's great. When the Bills lose, Monday and Buffalo is a little bit flat. And that's how Columbus is. When the Buckeyes win, which they do more winning than losing, it's always kind of up. When they lose, it's not. To answer the question, though, there's a stark difference between those fans, the, the people that want to know what happened, that want to almost like from a cathartic standpoint, stay in with Joe Marino, stay in with my show, stay in with all, you know, circle the wagons, the guys that are you know showing up on Sunday and Monday to kind of talk it through and then even like find you and find, you know, the guys that are breaking it down, whether it's Greg Thompson. Well, this is what really happened or this is why it failed or this is why we didn't execute versus it was all bad. The Bills suck. They're never going to win again. And I don't want to watch or listen to any of it. And it's over. Like there's a very, to me, that is very much a, it's, 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 
I want to say I, I, the fair weather is probably a strong word, but it's probably a fair weather type of a, a syndrome, if that makes any sense. As long as they're winning, I'm in. But if they lose a game, then I'm going to gripe. And we do our fair share of griping in this city, I would think, for this team. Is it just high highs and low lows? No, I don't think it's I, – I named my show the overreaction pot on purpose because that's what Bills fans do. We overreact. We overreact to the highs and we overreact to the lows. I don't think it's high highs or low lows. I think it's more – it's just if the Bills win, it's it's like this is the greatest team ever. Let's give everybody $60 million. If they lose, this team can never win again. It's I don't know that it's – maybe it is low lows and high highs. I just – I feel it's different than that. I feel it's more about just the naturistic of us as Bills Mafia that it's just, it's just a little bit different than low lows. It's – but it's more in depth. Does that make sense? It's more in depth than just low lows and high highs. I'm having a hard time explaining it, but I don't know. Maybe you could make more sense out of it. No, I, I, I get entirely what you mean. High highs and low lows is, seems a little simplistic. Right. For right. Sure. No, I get it entirely. Right. So you're a fan, mm-hmm. right? And when you lose and you have your team <laughs> doesn't win a game, do you not want to make the content as much as they don't want to consume it? I would say that and you probably get this as well losses write content better content is written better with losses than wins it's it's when 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 the bills lose it's easier to write content because normally there's something that happened so i i go back to the, the 2019 browns game uh the browns come into it where we go into, into cleveland to play man that's three ohio references we go into cleveland to play the browns in 2019 uh we're good at running the football they're bad at stopping the running, you know, stopping the run. What do we do? We throw the football over the yard. It just goes sideways. The defense can't hold up. It's like there was a lot of things in there that you could pull out and be like, why did we do this? Why do we outsmart ourselves? Why do we get cute? Why didn't Levi Wallace knock that pass down? Uh, if he did, the game could have been over. Like there's a lot of that type of stuff. Whereas wins, sometimes it's just all hoorah. Yeah, we won. Right. I mean, it's just like touchdowns. <laughs> Josh Allen threw four touchdowns, 400 yards. It's great. It's amazing. And that's kind of all there is. And it's a lot of that. There's a little more hype. So when it comes to the the drama of the content, I feel the losses right better than the wins, especially when you stack eight in a row together. Like the bill wasn't it eight uh, after they lost the Cardinals. And they go on like an eight game stretch or something like that where they won games mm-hmm. after it gets to the point where it's like, I don't know what to say anymore. This team's good. What do you want from me? So, yeah. So knowing that it's easier to write content after a loss, mm. but the engagement's not going to be as good after a yeah, loss. Not. So how are you feeling from a creator standpoint? So separate out the fandom from the creator mm. standpoint. Yeah. So at the end of it, you're like, I'm a content creator now. So put aside the fandom for a second. Mm-hmm. Are you dreading doing your show after a loss? Definitely not dreading. Uh, there's a lot of times after a loss that I feel like some of my best shows that I've done were after losses, whether it's the pace, whether it's the content itself, uh, whether it's just some of the monologuing that I did. And there's a great deal of finishing it up, wrapping it up, putting the bow on it and getting it loaded up and knowing when I when I put my head to bed on Sunday night and, and let a lot of people, half the listeners or a quarter of the listeners that I normally have are not going to be listening to that show and just feeling like, man, I put some good stuff on tape today. Like I put some really good stuff on tape today and it's unfortunate because, you know, a whole bunch of people aren't going to go back and listen to it, even though they should. Because I don't do doomsday stuff, obviously. Uh, I'm very much not a negative Nancy. I don't feel I'm a homer either, but I'm not a negative Nancy and I'm not everybody needs to be fired guy. Um, I have been Brian Dable needs to be fired in 2019. I was not super happy with the way that he kind of managed or coached 
the team or did his thing. Obviously, 2020 is a completely different story and my how the tides turn. Uh, but uh, for me, there's a great deal of, you know, that content that, that that's out there. It's a little discouraging knowing that after a loss, especially if it's a bad loss, that, you know, a lot of people probably aren't going to be listening. It, 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 yeah, it, it messes with your mind a little bit as a content creator, I would say. So knowing that sometimes you have to separate those two things, knowing that mm -hmm. sometimes you have to separate your fandom from your content creator, content creator hat. Mm -hmm. Has your fandom changed Not since you all. became a content creator? Not at all. And if it ever does, I'll quit. Like literally, I think... And it's not because of the overreaction show. I can do the Humpty Hotline. I can do the Time to Shine thing, which I love the Time to Shine thing. I'm excited for that for that show to come back. I can do all that stuff and not be a fan. I can be, and I think that was one of the, the hard things is, is interviewing beat reporters and just different people and asking them that question. You know, what is it like to be on the sideline and you know, or doing this or in the press box? And them saying, you know, to be honest with you, ever since I got this job, like that fandom thing kind of went away because I've got a job to do. So like during the fourth quarter, I'm like writing my story. And, you know, sometimes I'm not really paying attention to what's going on. And for me, I'd 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 be done. I I'd would I'd hang it up. And it has nothing to do with the show. It's just more about I'm a fan first. And I think that's what I try to sell myself on. It's like I'm a fan talking to you, the fan. I'm trying to bring the fans perspective from the couch to your ears on monday morning like i want you i want to bring back to you what you felt on the couch and that's what i'm trying to do so for me if that fan piece went away i'd be done i'd hang it up i get it that makes sense mm -hmm. so knowing that you're a fan talking to fans mm -hmm. and that you're a content creator as well knowing that it's maybe a little over a little over simplistic high highs and low lows right mm -hmm. overreaction high overreaction low do you feel an obligation to measure your content after the game to make sure that you're not steering them in a bad direction. Cause you know, they're volatile. We've said it, the high highs, low lows, overreaction, high overreaction, low. Does that weigh on you at all? Where you go, gosh, I've got people who I can either stoke this fire or put it out yeah. with the words that are coming out of my mouth because they're tuning in to absorb this content. And I have an obligation. Does that weigh on you at all? Not at all. You've you've said it several times about my show. If not if not twice, then a couple of times. Just that, like I listened to your show and I didn't find it very overreacting um, or something like that. Something like something quippy like that. And to me, I don't. I feel even inside of my overreaction, I don't overreact. That the show is just named after what we as Bills fans generally typically do. But for me, I try to keep some semblance of balance. I you know I try to keep some semblance of allowing it to. You know, if Josh Allen does start to regress, I'm going to talk about the fact that he's regressing. I'm not going to say that he needs to be cut or we need to put Mitch Trubisky and I'm not going to overreact that way. Oh, my God, Josh Allen threw two interceptions, put Mitch in like that's not I'm not going to do that. But there is an aspect of calling out what's there and calling a spade a spade. And, you know, it gets back into 2019 again and a little bit in 2020. I was I was furious when I started this show, not furious. I was irritated when I started the show in 2019 because the bills weren't executing things. And I felt like it wasn't necessarily that they just missed on a play or they messed up a play or a person missed an assignment. I felt very much so that they were being asked certain players, whether it was defensively or offensively, Pat DeMarco running deep down the field on a go route and Josh Allen throwing him a jump ball. You know, that to me isn't a lack of execution in the sense of, well, we just didn't execute that play. And, and so there was a great deal of like that stuff. So I, I jumped on that as a content creator, like to try, try to try to bring some balance to Bill's fans, like explain, yes, they didn't execute, but sometimes we're asking them to do things they can't do. We saw it last year with the wide zone. Our offensive line couldn't run a wide zone for some reason. That's what we were asking to do. So it wasn't for me 
about not executing. It was literally a little more complicated in the sense that, no, no, I'm asking them to do something they really can't do. So, no, they're not executing, but it's literally because they can't. So th those are two different conversations. So for me, I don't feel an obligation necessarily. It's just innate in me already to try to bring balance and some semblance of reason to the show and to the listeners um, as much as I possibly can, because I know that they're overreacting either way, up or down, right? Okay, so what I heard you say is that you're the chosen one, and you're here to bring balance to the force. <laughs> That's what I heard you say. So yeah, you, you can you no. you heard it here on the Bruce exclusive first. He is the chosen one. He will bring balance to the force. So <laughs> one of my favorite things that occurs to me is whenever I have a take or a show or an article mm. that is anything less than completely complimentary of anything the franchise has done, I get the two things that. I always get all the time. The mm -hmm. first one is you think you know more than the team, which I already did an entire podcast debunking that logical fallacy and why it's the laziest of all potential responses. But the other thing I get is you're not a real fan. Mm. So I want to talk to you a little bit about real fan. Mm. So first off, are you of the opinion that fandom is a spectrum or a binary? Is it you're a fan and you're not a fan or are there degrees of fandom? Well, I would like there to be, I'd like it to be one-to-one. -one. I'd like it to be binary. Um, I'd like every fan who says they're a fan to be a fan. Um, however, that's not the case. There is a, what does that look like to you? Be a fan. Uh, me. So for me, I would say me, Jay Spence, the King is, is a fan. Uh, there's a lot of guys inside of our circle that are content creators. There's a lot of people on Twitter that I interact with. Like, no, no, I'm a fan. Like the bills are up. I'm up. The bills are down. I'm down. I'm not going to miss a game. Like I'm going to like, it's the, it's, the, it's the guys that are, that are pissed off on, on a Sunday because somebody booked a wedding that they have to be to. And they're like on Twitter beforehand furious because they, they're going to miss the football game. Guys that guys, girls, not just guys, guys and girls that like won't miss the game. Like, like a fan to me is not. Yeah, the game was on, but I decided to go to the park instead because they were playing, you know, the Jets and I knew they were going to win like that to me is that to me is not a fan. However, when you look at the definition of a spectrum of fans, those are also fans. Those are people that buy T-shirts, that buy hats, that go to football games, that do consume football content at some at some point. You know, it, it just might not be as voracious. I would prefer everybody is binary one to one. I'm a fan and I love it and I'm all in versus you know, yeah, I'm on the spectrum somewhere. You know, we've got we've got multiple multitudes of people, but yeah, I would I'd prefer it to be one to one, but it's not. It's definitely not. So, knowing that it's not binary, it's not mm -hmm. yes, you're a fan or no, you're not, and all of one side is the same and all of the other side is the same. That's the argument that I made previously on the Super Bowl or bust podcast. Mm -hmm. I said mm -hmm. the reason why Super Bowl bust is a bad statement is because it assumes that all busts are equal. Super Bowl or bust. It's not Super Bowl or bust. It's Super Bowl or varying degrees of disappointments. Correct. <laughs> right? I remember. Yep, because, yep, I remember. Now, so this is the same argument here. It's not fan or not fan. It's varying degrees of fan is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So Correct. how do you delineate between different buckets of fan at that point? So is it super fan and then medium fan and then casual fan? Because casual fan is a real term. Sure. But it seems like it's it seems like it's completely a terrible statement. Casual fan that, that that doesn't even make sense. I don't understand yep. how we can put these two words together and make them work, right? Sure. How if do you he, delineate? So it's is it is it for us to delineate? I guess is the first question. I mean, the reality is is there's this stigma and there's this aura around Bill's Mafia. 
you know, that, that we have to go hard, right? We have to jump through tables and we have to take shots out of bowling balls and all of that kind of stuff. And if you don't, then you're not, the, or, you know, and we have to tailgate. We have to show up, you know, in the lot on Friday night or, you know, at six o'clock in the morning on Sunday if we don't have a camper. And like, we have to do all the things. It's very much like Raider Nation. And I've said this, I said this to somebody just the other day, but I say, I say it to people all the time. They ask me, you know, about teams because I've been a season ticket holder for a long time. What teams do I like to see? What teams do I don't? And I literally always tell them I'm never going to a Raiders game in Buffalo again. And they're like, why? I was like, because every time I've gone to a Raiders game in Buffalo, there's fights everywhere because Raider fans literally could have never lived in Oakland, L.A. or Las Vegas in their entire lives. They could literally be from Freedom, New York, but they're a Raider fan. So when they show up to the Bills game, they have to be Raider Nation and get in fights with everybody. Like, that's kind of like what Bills fans are. Like, we go hard. We got to go hard and we're all in. And it's Bills Mafia. Mafia means family and it's Mafia or die. And then for those guys that are like that, you can't be a casual fan. It's almost not allowed. But the reality is, is my wife is a casual fan. And it's funny, too, because my daughter, <laughs> if the Bills game is on and something's going on and my wife walks out of the kitchen in the living room and says, what happened? And, you know, oh, they just scored a touchdown. And she goes, woohoo. My daughter will be like, stop, mom, you're not a fan. Like she actually is bought into that whole idea that we're talking about right now that you can't be a casual fan. However, you can. It's there. It just upsets those of us that are ride or die. Right. No, I get it. I get entirely. I, I get called that all the time, mostly just because I'm just far more relaxed yeah. about the outcome of the game um, than some. So I guess you can you call me a casual fan if you'd like to, if you'd like to do that. I don't think casual fans you're create Bill's content fan. for a living. I don't think you're, that's. Yeah, you're not a casual fan. You're, you're, but, definitely, you're definitely bought in. You just see the way you see the Matrix is different. It's just the way you see it. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's it's just the way you see it is just totally the way you're reading the 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 ones and zeros is different because you're looking, you're introspectively looking into what happened and why and want to see a breakdown and like and causation is a big thing for you, where for you know others it's just more about how did the play go? Did did we get yards or not? Did we get enough yards? Did that guy miss his block? Right. So it's just different. Dude, we did it. We had a, we had, we had a conversation about fandom. This is just, it's just a fun conversation and topic that I wanted to touch on. Yeah. And I was like, well, these are kind of questions. I just kind of want to spitball with somebody and I need somebody to spitball with. And I appreciate, I appreciate you coming on, man. Before you go, make sure you tell everybody where they can find you, what you're up to all the, you know, the stuff that people do. Yeah, busy. Uh, I'm really excited for the season. Uh, I got a lot of content, as you already mentioned, and I'm excited. <clears throat> excuse me for Rumbling's uh, YouTube channel and kind of what's going on over there because it's. I'm excited. I'm. I'm anticipating large growth with a lot of great content and a lot of great connection with fans. For me, it's all about the connection. It's it's all about the interaction. So if I, I I love. I'm looking very much forward after having 2020 robbed from us as fans. I'm very much looking forward to not only meeting this team. For the first time on Saturday, because uh, I'm going to the Bills practice on Saturday, but but this team meeting Bills Mafia for the first time during the home opener. There's a lot of cool stuff going on this year, a lot of just different things. My connection to the fans is much different this year, and just in that sense that like as a content creator and just as popular, weird word as my show has become, like people want to meet me and and have conversations with me, and I'm really looking forward to that and people coming into town. Uh, Dave Thorpe, who's actually from the UK, is going to come in for one of the games. We're going to grab a beer, stuff like that. I'm really excited for that. So busy shows, content creation, a lot of fun. Uh, find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. I think it's Joe Miller. I, I, I am the third Joe Miller. I'm on Instagram, too. I don't really do the Facebook and Instagram thing much. I cruise it, but I don't really post anything on it. But uh, primarily on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Find me over there. Follow me. I'll follow you back. 
I gotta be honest, Joe, yep. all that sounds terrible. Meeting people, <laughs> having people come in, grabbing beers. This sounds awful. <laughs> it's I'm an I'm an introvert. We've talked about this. I'm an INTJ. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big introvert. Uh, I discovered that late in life to my own detriment and being burnt out a couple times. But uh, there's something. It's just I don't know that I would be able to carry this momentum and be that connected to people for a long time. I'm very much anticipating it this year because the bills are so good. There's so much excitement. I would say that if I was a content creator for the last seven years. I probably wouldn't feel the same, right? Because after a while, it's like, yeah, the bills are, you know, they 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 suck, 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 and then they're getting good. But like, you're going to be meeting people through that time. It's just different. I don't know. It's just different this time. I can't imagine I'm going to be this way forever. So yeah, it's exhausting just listening to it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, nah, I pass. <laughs> you know, you know, here, here's what it is, Joe. If somebody <laughs> came up to me and was like, "Hey, real name." Do you want to go meet this content creator? I'd be like, well, listen, man, no. <laughs> and, he, and they'd be like, what do, you, what do you mean? No. I said, listen, I, I, I'm just not interested. Sorry. No. Like, oh, come on. Name redacted. Come, come, come on. Do it. And I said, listen, man, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan. Buffalo Love to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.